everyone, and thanks for tuning in to Matt Talk Spurs. I'm your host, Matt. You can follow me on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it at MK Coys. Hopefully, the audio sounds a little bit better today. I was using a Chromebook that I think was probably 13 years old for the first couple of recordings. Um, getting a new computer with work and was between devices, but was able to get a better uh, personal device in here so I could actually get a good in my podcast microphone hooked up so hopefully that helps the audio quality today it's sunday august 20th and i'm here to share my thoughts on spurs first home match of the season as tottenham defeated manchester united 2-0 in front of home supporters and Ange postacoglu's first match in charge at the tottenham hotspur stadium before i dive into my thoughts please take a second click that like button on this video and subscribe to the channel as i'm hoping to keep putting these short recaps and reactions out throughout the season I'll start with the team news as Ange's starting 11 included two changes from the opening day draw versus Brentford, Vicario and goal, a back four of Pedro Porro, in for Emerson Royale, Christian Romero, Mickey Van de Ven, and Destiny Udogi. One change in the midfield three with Pop Sarr replacing Oliver Skip alongside Yves Basuma and James Madison, and the attacking three was unchanged with Captain Sonny, Richarlison, and Dejan Kulusevski. On the bench was Ben Davis, Ivan Perisic, Pierre Milhoibier, Menor Solomon, Emerson Royale, Giovanni Lacelso, Oliver Skip, Dobinson Sanchez, and Fraser Foster. This one started out positively as the high press was on full display, actually from both sides. It was pretty open and end-to-end, with Spurs carrying the edge in possession. Manchester United were able to accumulate many more touches in the Tottenham defensive area in comparison to Spurs touches in the Manchester United area, but quality chances were few and far between for both sides. I thought United were actually beating us up physically in the first half. There were a lot of heavy challenges, Spurs players on the ground, and a lot of comings together by players with red shirts winning a lot of those challenges. United got arguably the best chance of the first half as that big-toothed bastard Bruno got free between Van de Ven, Udogi, and Romero and had a free header in the 36th minute. But luckily for Spurs, he hit it high and wide and nowhere near the target, never even threatening Vicario's goal. This was a terrible miss for Fernandez, and to me, it could not have happened to a better flop. But needless to say, we were lucky not to be down after this. The next best chance fell to Spurs, as we rattled the woodwork twice within 10 seconds after Sonny teed up Poro, who smashed one off the crossbar, and Sar saw a shot deflected by Luke Shaw, which hit the post. This was much better from Spurs, as we had many players forward and inside the opposing box and were crashing the goal relentlessly. We headed into the break goalless, despite both teams having a really good look at goal. I was also happy to see a VAR handball check for a ball that hit Christian Romero's arm get looked at and deemed play on. United were gifted their first three points of the season on a shoddy VAR decision, so I half expected that to continue versus Spurs. Despite being goalless at the break, I thought the first half was highly entertaining. I know we shouldn't dwell on the past, but I couldn't help but think we would have been down one or even 2-0 in this type of game the last few seasons with our last few managers. I did think our press fizzled out about halfway through, but it was good to see it ramp back up for the last 10 minutes or so of the half. You had to figure goals were coming in this one. Luckily for us, we didn't have to wait long, as Popsar opened his Tottenham goal-scoring account in the 49th minute after Decky advanced down the right flank and whipped across into the box, which took a deflection, falling to Saar, who smashed the left-footed shot into the back of the net. What a goal, what composure, and what a young player we have on our hands. If you listen to my Brentford reaction, you'll know that I was less than impressed with Skip in the Postacoglu system, 
And I applaud Big Ange for making the change and giving Sar the start. I think if he's able to get a run of games, we're only going to see his confidence increase and him play better and better week in and week out. Yes, I'm in on the Sar hype train. And I do believe that he is the Yaya Torre regen and he's only going to improve. Spurs continued to twist the screw and dominate possession as I thought we looked the much fitter side. Despite me thinking we were being out physicaled in the first half, it seemed to give a, you know, I'll give it a boxing comparison. That was just us taking some body blows, weathering the storm, and actually tiring out Manchester United. The press was on in the second half, and we were now dominating the midfield, uh, both through speed and physicality. Seven minutes after the SAR goal, Spurs almost doubled the lead as Sonny advanced, advanced the ball down the left flank, leaving it off for Destiny Udogi, who called Onana into action with a low strike, but the Manchester United keeper was able to make the save. This was actually really good buildup and was one of our better moves of the game. It very easily could have led to that second goal. I like seeing Udogi get forward and Sun pick him out. I think they're forming quite a bond on the left side. The tide changed on a break as Fernandez put a dangerous ball into the middle of the box, which Casmero got a decent header on, but Vicario made a great save, sending the ball over the bar. Vicario was very good in this one, and despite me having concerns with him, and probably still do, he seemed to settle into this one nicely, and was a major part of Spurs keeping their first clean sheet in nine matches. But I'll talk a little bit more Vicario a little later on as I get into my player ratings. With the pressure and pace Spurs were playing with and dominating the ball and the match, it was only a matter of time before another goal came. And it did, albeit probably a little later than I would have expected or even hoped for. As in the 38th minute, 83rd minute, I'm sorry, Perisic did well down the left flank, lofting a box into the lofting a ball into the box, which almost found Ben Davis, but his missed or scuffed shot or you know, whatever you want to call it, um, actually took a deflection and found the back of the net. And doubling the lead here was absolutely crucial. I think it absolutely took the wind out of Manchester United sails, um, gave us the 2-0 lead, and all but secured the three points with just under seven minutes left. Um, so this was Ange Postacoglu's first win at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. It was Spurs' first win of the 23-24 Premier League campaign, and it was a very entertaining watch. Another match of Tottenham winning the possession battle with 56%. Spurs were outshot 22-17. to 17. United had four big chances to Spurs three and had one more corner than Spurs, while also leading the XG battle 2.07 to 1.74. But Tottenham found the back of the net twice, and with United failing to score, Spurs got the biggest stat line win, all three points. After the match, Tottenham Hotspur boss Ange Postacoglu said, The atmosphere was incredible. Our supporters were outstanding today. The energy they created in the stadium right from the first whistle was brilliant. To be honest, I thought it helped us. In the first half, we looked a bit nervous and edgy for about a half an hour or so, and were probably fortunate to still be in the game. We were giving the ball away cheaply and just letting them come at us. At the same time, it's not surprising. A couple 20-year-olds out there, a 22-year-old, and a couple 23-year-olds, it's a really young team we're putting out there, so I thought there were some really encouraging signs towards the end of the first half for five or ten minutes. We got them in at halftime and settled them down a bit. Then I thought the boys were brilliant. They came out with great energy, took the game to Manchester United, scored a good goal, and didn't stop from there. They had to defend well, and they did that well. Vic pulled off a couple of good saves, encouraging signs there. Very encouraging signs in the early days of the Ange era indeed. 
For my player ratings, I gave Vicario an 8. He did very well with that early save on Rashford, the save on Casemiro's header, and Varane's late effort, which was eventually flagged for offside. I initially said on Twitter he concerned me, and many people confused that with me writing him off altogether when I just stated I have some concerns. And like I said, I probably still do. It is early days. But I think this was a massive step in the right direction for the Italian. I did find it interesting that after 20 minutes or so, United stopped pressing him. I think the more time that he was allowed on the ball with it, you know, with it at his feet, helped him with his passing. We definitely saw his shot stopping on full display throughout this one. Hey, I even wore the goalkeeper kit for this one. Next up, Pedro Porro gets a 7.5. I think he had a great that great effort that rattled the crossbar. He was caught out a few times defensively, luckily to no harm. But overall, even with those defensive concerns that he brings to the table, this may have been his best defensive performance in a Spurs shirt. Christian Romero gets an 8. Boy, was I happy to see he cleared the protocols and was back in the side. I was also very happy to see that VAR handball check on that clearance denied. It would have been extremely harsh. This was another solid defensive performance from our most influential defender, as Ange calls him, and even showed a bit of his passing skill, which we don't often get to see too much, connecting on 67 passes at an 88% accuracy rate. A decent outing for Mickey Van de Ven, who gets a 7. He did lose Fernandez for that free header, but he showed off his speed and ball-carrying ability as he was able to rapidly advance the ball up the left flank on multiple occasions, linking up with Sonny and Udogi, and completing a stellar 93% of his passes. Destiny Udogi looked a stud again. It's crazy to think he's only 20 years old. He gets an 8 from me. I would have loved to have seen him score when Sonny played him in. It was a nice shot, but it was a great performance nonetheless. My man of the match for this one is Pop Sar. He gets a nine. He was everywhere and even got himself in much more advanced positions than we probably would have expected him to get in. His first goal in his first shirt and some cracking challenges. This was an outstanding performance. Oh, and from yet another 20-year-old. My good friend Dustin at Ace Gentilly, 25, and the creator and admin of White Heart Live on Twitter asked, was Sar's performance a changing of the guard on the midfield between him and Skippy? It's a great question, Dustin, and I think it very much could be. I think we saw that Skippy doesn't quite fit the exact style and system as well as Sar does. It's uncomfortable and a bit unnatural for Skippy to get forward, and the eight and engine system needs to be able to do so and do so well. I think Sar getting forward, having the goal, he had the other shots on goal. It's an extremely bright sign. I could see Sar getting a string of starts off this performance and could see Skip, you know, still impact this team being the sub later on in matches in which Spurs are winning to be the more defensive option and help see the match out. I think Sar is the much better fit. And even Ange spoke about on how impressed he was with Sar after the match saying, yeah, brilliant. He's been great from the moment I arrived. He's got a great energy about him, but he's got quality there too. He's one of those midfielders who causes the opposition real problems because whether it's him running with the ball or without the ball, he runs forward. He runs aggressively and he disrupts the opposition. He just got a great temperament for a young guy. So really pleased for him. Awesome to hear the, the boss backing the player and you know celebrating his success. I think this was the first of many monster performances from Sar. And thanks for writing in, Dustin. Yves Basuma was another unstoppable force in the midfield. He's just so tidy on the ball and in the tightest of spots. 74 touches, completed 88% of his passes while winning 80% of his challenges. A block shot, three clearances, an interception, six recoveries. I could go on and on. He just fills up that stat sheet and makes it look very easy on the eye, earning him an eight from me. 
James Madison was the offensive focal point again. He's just so creative. I love seeing us play with the 10 again. He plays in great balls. He gets an eight for me this week. He only had 27 touches at the break, and I tweeted out that I'd like to see him get more involved, and it was much more like it seeing him more than double that number in the second half. Again, I think he's going to probably be the bargain of the summer in the entire league. Kulisevsky gets a seven for me. I thought he did well, beating his man and advancing the ball down the right flank. His crosses get deflected quite a bit, but the intent is certainly there. I thought he provided a threat on the right, but it seemed the majority of the attack was fo- focused and forced the, the left through Udogi and Sun. Phil on Twitter at FullVolkanovsky asked, how do you feel about Deki's performance? What can he do to improve? And should we sign another right wing? As I mentioned, I thought he was decent. I think our fans are kind of scapegoating him a bit right now because he's not contributing to goals. But I do think for us to be successful in the, in the long run of the season, we need goal contributions from him to be around the double-digit total. So we need to get a bit more out of him. I don't think we'll bring in another right winger with the likes of Solomon on the bench who can kind of come in and play either side. And even with the option of playing Pedro Porro out there, but you know, it it wouldn't hurt. And we need that competition in the squad. One name that's been out there is 20 year old Belgian international Jeremy Doku from Rennes. And if we're going to bring in a right winger, he'd be the the type I'd like to see. I think he'd fit the system. Great. He's a speedster. He really impressed me for Belgium in the euros. And I think that would offer some, you know, well-earned competition for Decky. So thanks for writing in, Phil. Hope I answered that for you. Sonny also gets a seven from me. I thought he saw a lot of the ball. I think Juan Basaka actually did pretty well on him. He was able to match his pace and, you know, kind of keep him relatively contained. But we definitely started seeing him and Yudogi working well together and think they will start to give teams a lot of problems down the flank. He slotted in well centrally when Richarlison was subbed off. Another rough day for service for Richarlison, who gets a six from me. Last week, Postagoglu said we didn't use him well, and I think this continued on this one. His hold-up play was very good. He made some good runs and pressed well, and those are things that, you know, kind of go unnoticed in the stat line, but if you watch close enough, you can see that he does have, you know, some strength and quality in those areas, but he only had 28 touches in 70 minutes, which simply isn't good enough. I'm still all in on Richie. Let's remember, he's out there trying to fill the void left by our all-time leading goal scorer, he will come good, and I think it happens sooner than later. All five substitutes were used in this one. Ben Davis and Ivan Perisic came in and continued to supply an attacking threat down the left in their stints. They get sevens from their performances for me, while Hoybear, Solomon, and Emerson Royale remained at the starting block six for me. What did you think of my ratings? Too high? Too low? For anyone specific? Let me know in those comments. I'd love to hear it. Overall, this was an enjoyable watch and a very just, you know, good match to watch. And we got the result. These two things, you know, haven't been, have been few and far between for Spurs supporters over the last two or so seasons. Mark wrote in on Twitter with, I enjoyed watching Spurs yesterday more than any other time in my 15 years as a Yid. We had excellent ball movement and Vicario was my man of the match. Charlie not up to it though. Go get Gift or Brennan Johnson ASAP. And I agree with Mark, the level of enjoyment watching this team is very high, and I enjoyed watching this entire match, whereas last season, I'd probably be miserable for roughly 80 minutes or so of any given match, and have a maybe 10, and and that's on a good day, um, 10 or so good minutes of of enjoying the football and watching it. I think Ange is an infectious personality, and I think we're seeing it come through with the players, certainly the fan base. Long may he reign. I'm not fully out on Richie, as I said earlier, but I would love to see Gift Orban come in this window from Gank and provide that competition for him. I think he's a young, exciting player. He scored again on the weekend, but we'll have to wait and see. Apparently, personal terms are 
agreed, but it's the fee uh, from the clubs that need to be agreed on. Mark also runs a Spurs group chat on WhatsApp called I'm Tottenham Till I Die. If you'd like to join it, you can reach out to him on Twitter at MarkSan17844283. I'll throw a link to his Twitter in this episode description. Um, so if you'd like to contact him and get added to that group, you can. Thanks for writing in, Mark. Next up for Spurs is a trip to the Vitality Stadium on Saturday, August 26th to take on Bournemouth. The Cherries had an opening day one-all draw versus West Ham and suffered a 3-1 defeat at Anfield versus Liverpool. Hopefully we continue to see the next steps of growth in Angeball and another three points for Spurs. What changes would you make going into this one, if any? Let me know in those comments. I know it's the hope that kills you, but with four points after the first two games and the next three matches before the international break being Bournemouth, Fulham, and Burnley, all the way, I think Spurs have a shot to hit this first international break in a very strong position in the table. Looking ahead, unfortunately, usually does not bode well for us, but if we're able to maximize points in these three fixtures, I think we'll be sitting nicely for tougher tests to come. The transfer window is still open and Spurs are currently three players over their non-homegrown uh, player total, so I fully expect to see a few more outgoings. Lloris is likely to see a mutual agreement to terminate his contract. Eric Dyer didn't feature in the squad again. I think he could potentially be on his way out. I think Hoiber got that little cameo, but he's still on Atletico Madrid's radar, and I think he's very much still could be on the move. I think there's still a lot of work to be done in the squad, and I just hope we can see the outgoings needed to clear the room for some more young hungry talent that Uncle Ange can mold to his system. Well, that about wraps it up for this one. Let me know what you thought of the show in the comments. Um, I'd love to hear from you on Twitter, so make sure you hit that like button on this video, subscribe to the channel, and you know, reach out to me on Twitter. I love hearing from you. I love to bring your questions and your talking points on the show. Uh, it gives me a little bit more to talk about throughout this one. So thanks again for tuning in. I really enjoyed it. I like doing these. I like these short, quick hitters and like getting your feedback in there. As always, I'm your host, Matt. Click that link in this episode description to follow me on Twitter and get involved. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll see you next time. And as always, come on, you Spurs.